So boys and girls, we ended off the last two chapters where Neil from the diner smashed poor Edward. And I'm sure you can imagine how Bryce is feeling and Edward is dreaming. Chapter 23. Exceedingly well made, said the man who was running a warm cloth over Edward's face. A work of art, I would say. A surpassingly, unbelievably dirty work of art, but art nonetheless. And dirt can be dealt with just as your broken head has been dealt with. Edward looked into the eyes of the man. Ah, there you are, the man said. I can see that you're listening now. Your head was broken. I fixed it. I brought you back from the world of the dead. My heart, thought Edward, my heart is broken. No, no, no need to thank me, the man said. It's my job, quite literally. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Lucius Clark, dull mender. Your head, may I tell you? Well, it, it will upset you, I'm sure. Um, I always say, though, the truth must be head met head on. No pun intended. Your head, young sir, was in 21 pieces. 21 pieces, Edward repeated mindlessly. Lucius Clark nodded. 21, he said. All modesty aside, I must admit that a lesser dull mender, a dull mender without skills, might not have been able to rescue you. But let's not speak of what might have been. Let us speak instead of what is. You are whole. You've been pulled back from the brink of oblivion by your humble servant, Lucius Clark. And here, Lucius Clark put his hand on his chest and bowed deeply over Edward. This is quite a speech to wake up to, and Edward lay on his back trying to absorb it. He was on a wooden table. He was in a room with sunshine pouring in from high windows. His head apparently had been in 21 pieces and now was put back together into one. He was not wearing a red suit. In fact, he had no clothes on at all. He was naked again and he did not have wings. And then he remembered Bryce, the diner, Neil swinging him through the air. Bryce, you're wondering perhaps about your young friend, said Lucius, the one with a continually running nose. Yes, he brought you here, weeping, begging for my assistance. Put him together again, he said. Put him back together. I told him. I said, young sir, I'm a businessman. I can put your rabbit back together again for a price. The question is, can you pay the price? He could not. Of course he could not. He said that he could not. I told him that he had two options, only two. The first being that he seek assistance elsewhere. And option two was that I would fix you to the best of my considerable abilities and then you would become mine. His no longer, but mine. Here Lucius fell silent. He nodded, agreeing with himself. Two options only, he said, and your friend chose option two. He gave you up so that you could be healed. Extraordinary, really. Rice, thought Edward. Lucius Clark clapped his hands together. But no worries, my friend. No worries. I intend fully to put you to my end of the bargain. I will restore you to what I perceive to be your former glory. You shall have rabbit ears that are made of fur and rabbit fur tail. Your whiskers will be repaired and replaced. Your eyes repainted to a bright and stunning blue. And you will be clothed in the finest of suits. And then, someday, I will reap the return on my investment in you. All in good time. All in good time. In the dull business, we have a saying. There is real time and there is dull time. You, my fine friend, have entered dull time. Chapter 24. And so Edward Tulane was mended, put together again, cleaned and polished and dressed in an elegant suit and placed on a high shelf for display. From his workshelf, from this workshelf, Edward could see the whole shop, Lucius Clark's workbench and the windows to the outside world and the door that the customers used to enter and leave. From his shelf, Edward saw Bryce open the door one day and stand in the threshold. That means the entrance. 
The silver harmonica in his left hand flashing brightly in the sunlight, flooding in through the windows. Young sir, said Lucius, I'm afraid that we made a deal. Can't I see, asked Price. He wiped his hand across his nose, and the gesture filled Edward with a terrible feeling of love and loss. I just want to look at him. Lucius Clark sighed. You may look, he said. You may look, and then you must go and not come back. I cannot have you in my shop every day, mooning over what you have lost. Yes, sir, said Bryce. Lucia sighed again. He got up from his workbench and he went to Edward's shelf and he picked him up and held him up so Bryce could see him. Hey, Django, said Bryce, you look good. The last time I seen you, you look terrible. Your head was busted in. He is put together again, said Lucius, as I promised he would be. Bryce nodded and he wiped his hand across his nose. Uh, boys and girls, you can have a look when you get a chance. I uploaded the new um, photo and it's got the caption, you may look and then you must go and not come back. Can I hold him, he asked. No, said Lucius. Bryce nodded again. Tell him goodbye, said Lucius Clark. He's repaired. He's been saved. Now you must tell him goodbye. Goodbye, said Bryce. Don't go, thought Edward. I won't be able to bear it if you go. And now you must leave, said Lucius Clark. Yes, sir, said Bryce, but he stood without moving, looking at Edward. Go, said Lucius Clark, go. Please, thought Edward, don't. Bryce turned. He walked through the door of the Dolce Mendes shop. The door closed and the bell tinkled and Edward was alone. Chapter 25. Technically, of course, he was not alone. Lucius Clark's shop was filled with dolls. Lady dolls and baby dolls, dolls with eyes that opened and closed, dolls with painted on eyes, dolls dressed as queens, and dolls wearing sailor suits. Edward had never cared for dolls. He found them annoying and self-centered, twittery and vain. This opinion was immediately reinforced by his first shelfmate, a china doll with green glass eyes and red lips and dark brown hair. She was wearing a green satin dress that fell to her knees. What are you, she said in a high-pitched voice when Edward was placed on the shelf next to her. I'm a rabbit, said Edward. The doll let out a small squeak. You're in the wrong place. This is a shop for dolls, not rabbits. Edward said nothing. Shoo, said the doll. I would love to shoo, said Edward, but it's obvious like I could not. After a long silence, the doll said, I hope you don't think that anyone is going to buy you. Again, Edward said nothing. The people who come in here want dolls, not rabbits. They want baby dolls or elegant dolls such as myself. Dolls with pretty dresses, dolls with eyes that open and close. I have no interest in being purchased, said Edward. The doll gasped. You don't want somebody to buy you, she said. You don't want to be owned by a little girl who loves you. Sarah Ruth, Abilene, their names went through Edward's head like the notes of a sad, sweet song. I've already been loved, said Edward. I've already been loved by a girl named Abilene. I've been loved by a fisherman and his wife and a hobo and his dog. I've been loved by a boy who played the harmonica and by a girl who died. Don't talk to me about love, he said. I have known love. This impassioned speech shut up Edward's shelfmate for a considerable amount of time. Well, she said, still, my point is that no one is going to buy you. They did not speak to each other again. The doll was sold two weeks later to her grandmother, who was purchasing her for a grandchild. Yes, she said to Lucius Clark, that one right there, the one with the green dress. She's quite lovely. Yes, said Lucius, she is, isn't she? And he plucked the doll from the shelf. Goodbye and good riddance, thought Edward. 
The spot next to the rabbit stayed vacant for some time. Day after day, the door to the shop opened and closed, letting in morning, early morning sunlight and late afternoon light, lifting the hearts of the dolls inside, all of them thinking when the door swung wide open that this time, this time the person entering the shop would be the one who wanted them. Edward was the last contrarian, so he was alone. He prided himself on not hoping, on not allowing his heart to lift inside of him. He prided himself on keeping his heart silent, immobile, close tight. I am done with hope, thought Edward. And then, one day, at dusk, right before he closed the shop, Lucius placed another doll on the shelf next to Edward. And on that cliffhanger, I will leave you.